Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner, and I'll be joined by staff reporters Max Madden and Jack Harris, along with publisher Chris Cartman. Guys, game week. How you feeling? I feel like we still have a lot to get done between now and Friday, but uh, we're going we're gonna to do our absolute best. Yeah, and I just want to uh, plug a little bit to Chris. He's been up a lot in the past couple nights working on player capsules. Manny Wilkins was was updated last night, and uh, you know it's impressive that we're getting all those up, and Chris, good job on that. Guys, how are you guys doing? Doing good, Rob. How about you? Everything's good. Excited for uh, the first game of the season. I just have a wonderful mix of, of work, reporting, and homework right now, Rob. And I'm really <laughs> just thriving on all levels. You're never going to think about your homework again <laughs> once that's completed, so... Well, for this podcast, typically we save a lot of our analysis for Thursday's premium edition of the podcast, but since this is our season preview, we're going to be giving some more uh, analysis than usual. At the end of the podcast, we'll also give our season predictions as well as other predictions about uh, about who will have the most touchdowns and, and some other categories like that. Um, a lot of specifics on the UTSA and the matchup specifically this Saturday, the season opener, will be featured, though, still in Thursday's premium edition. But guys, let's jump right into it. Let's get into the ASU depth chart that was released last night. And at quarterback, Manny Wilkins, obviously the clear-cut starter, but with Dylan Sterling Cole and Kurt Walding, an oar on the sheet. Yeah, and this is kind of how it's been the last couple of weeks uh, with those two at the backup spot. Um, from what we've seen in the in the media viewing parts of practice, Walding has actually been going ahead of Sterling Cole more often uh, in, in the last couple of practices. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Like It would still be my gut feeling that if they – they did have to go to a backup quarterback in a game it would be Sterling Cole um, but there's definitely still a competition there as we uh, get the season underway yeah I agree Jack and and we saw Walden go in with the twos today uh, on Tuesday and I I do think that, it, that it's possible that Walden sees, sees time this season but it, it's just hard for me to believe that they would pick Walden uh, you know if Manny is struggling or hurt uh, especially given DSC's previous experience I just Manny Wilkins said something that really stuck with me, which which is um, Walding's getting some two reps should light a fire under Dylan Sterling Cole's rear end. And I just, I don't know if we've seen Sterling Cole get to where he needs to from a sense of urgency standpoint. And initially I thought, okay, well, this is just them trying to motivate Sterling Cole. But now it's like Walding's played pretty decently. And I don't know that Sterling Cole is further along right now, just from a operational standpoint and a running back you know Benjamin still that featured back that Herm Edwards even clarified a couple days ago as well as yesterday at the Monday press conference behind him Isaiah Floyd one guy left off though Trelon Smith and Chris you you wrote a little bit about that in the discussion board what do you think is going on with him there's there's been some rumors kind of some message board stuff about Trelon Smith maybe being suspended for the first game um I I, I think there's a really good chance of that I and mean, we can't we can't say definitively that that is the case. Uh, I hate to kind of even put it out there like that, but um, he just hasn't practiced for a couple weeks until today, coming back. Herm Edwards did say that that he has an illness, but you know he almost ran me over with his electric scooter, and <laughs> and then after that happened, he like looked back and smiled and was like conversational, like in a way that didn't make me feel like this guy was really sick or anything I don't know um but the he he's you know obviously been left off the depth chart now I think it's also important that we point out Rob that he has a redshirt year year available right so we looked at it like Isaiah Floyd and Traylon Smith were sort of in the same category and that one of the two would emerge obviously we've seen Isaiah Floyd emerge and he's second on the depth chart 
Um, and then a separate uh, category of running backs is more like a backup on a, on a base down person. And that mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be Sturgis or AJ Carter. Guys, and so that's, that's, I, you know, I just, you know, there, there, there may be a scenario in which they just don't play Traylon Smith because it might be better for him long-term. And guys, what do you see in terms of the running backs and how they're shaped on the depth chart there? Um, I think Brock Sturges being that like the, the number three on this group is a, is uh, I don't know if surprising is the right word, but he just he hasn't practiced that much this preseason. We've seen more out of like an AJ Carter, for example. Um, but I think Sturges kind of gives and brings that all around skill set uh, in the same way that you know Benjamin kind of plays. So like I would imagine if if Eno were to go down, you'd see Sturges kind of get a lot of his carries. Um, and then Isaiah Floyd, you know he's a weapon. We've seen him used in the passing game a lot, um, and, and he seems. Like he's going to be that change of change of pace back uh, out of the backfield for him. Yeah, I agree, Jack. Uh, I was working on the running back preview last night, and I think that that's that's mostly what we've seen is that Sturgis is that guy to fill in for for you know Benjamin, and then Floyd kind of has a separate role as a receiver, both kind of in the intermediate passing game and in the flats, uh, you know. And then and then guys like AJ Carter, who we project to more likely be a short down yardage guy, you know, given his his physical skill set. And today the running backs are working with John Simon, uh, practicing running routes, actually. Isaiah Floyd looked especially uh, good in some of those drills. But moving on to the uh, wide receivers, Nikhil Harry and Kai Williams, the X and H receivers with a bullet. But moving to Z, uh, Darby or Ayuk or Chapman on the depth chart. So nobody listed as the clear-cut starter at that position. Yeah, and this is what uh, receivers coach Charlie Fisher said they were going to do last week, at least for this first game, is that uh, he expected that they would pretty much split reps evenly. Um, I think if you just kind of follow the theme of this camp and this preseason with this coaching staff, it's been the guys who make plays are the ones who are going to play the most. Um, so I think in this first game, they're all going to have chances to do that. Um, I would expect, you know, Darby and Ayuk, I think, have looked probably a little bit ahead of Chapman at this point um, just because they, they seem to have a little bit more of that, like, big play home run potential. Um, but they're all going to get a chance to kind of earn their playing time in this first game. I agree. I think um – Ultimately, this thing gets whittled down to two guys, and Ayuk and Darby are the most likely in some combination. I, I could see them both playing a lot, and I think that Ayuk is is he has a chance to excel on special teams also, and and just such a natural football player that I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up carving out a pretty large role. Yeah, I was gonna say I think that those are the two guys, uh, in Darby or Ayuk, that are competing for that. Uh, Z position, but between those two, I think it's wide open. It, it might come down to maybe the coaches value uh, Ayuk's health a little bit more, and so when he's uh, participating in special teams, maybe he's not as involved in the offense to give him a break. Maybe they primarily use Darby as a receiver, uh, you know. But I, I do think it's it's wide open between those two. And at tight end, Tommy Hudson lists as the starter with French Love right behind him. The offensive line, though, what we've seen when healthy nearly each day was the starting lineup that was on the depth chart. Hemsley at backup left guard, Robertson behind Miller for backup right guard and right tackle. Right, so what you have here pretty clearly is Zach Robertson is their sixth offensive lineman unless Cole Cabral goes down at center. Uh, If that happens, they would play Kay Cody at center, but Robertson can play right tackle, right guard, left, left tackle, um, and then their seventh offensive lineman, excluding the center situation, is Roy Hemsley. He would be a guard uh, either way. Uh, if you get to like the next guy, that would probably be, I don't know, like uh, it's kind of a toss-up. Like Tyson Rising probably as a tackle is, is who the next guy would be other than Kay Cody. And for the, we're going to transition over to the defense. The defensive ends listed as starters, Jalen Bates and Doug Sutil, the starters with Hoyt and Shannon Foreman, the two primary backups we see. 
Yeah, it's a little surprising because Shannon Foreman had been running mostly with the first team this preseason. And still was in practice Tuesday. So, <laughs> so you know, there, there's things that we've observed that are maybe a little bit different than what the depth chart was released to be. And I just, generally speaking, tend to trust our eyes over, over that because it's more apt to, you know, probably work out that way. And I think the one thing with the, the defensive end and the defensive line positions are that you're going to see a lot of rotation there. The coaching staff and the players have made that pretty clear. Um, you know, I think personally, like, the guy who probably gets the most snaps is, like, a Jalen Bates because he, he just seems like a guy who can who can play more snaps. He's not a 300-pounder who's going to have to be subbed out a lot. Um, so it's going to be pretty fluid up front with those first six guys. Um, but I think it's a – you know, it says something for, for Subtil to, to be listed as a first-teamer after a couple of years where he just hasn't really broken through – maybe shows that he's having a better camp than uh, or a better camp now than he than he's had in the past. Yeah, not sure exactly what happens against UTSA, but certainly it's the way that it's setting up. You're gonna see a lot of soup till, a lot of foreman, Ren's gonna start, Bates is gonna play most snaps, and then you're gonna see either George Lee, probably George Lee, or DJ Davidson at that second team nose. And then Darius Slade is another guy and Jordan Hoyt. Th- those guys are sort of like in that mix for five six seven spots but I, I i we saw san diego state they played six guys a lot of snaps right. that's that's what you're going to see at asu and chris as you mentioned Renell ren first there at nose tackle obviously backed up by lee and then davidson on the depth chart moving to outside linebacker malik lawal listed as the starter backed up by stanley lambert and then karan crump karan crump hasn't been completely healthy hasn't taken part in 11 on 11 drills but i was pretty surprised to see malik lawal at that first spot well, Malik Lawal's taken a lot of first-team reps throughout camp. Um, you know, when J.J. Wilson hasn't been in there, it's been Merlin Robertson and Malik Lawal probably getting the most. Um, so my anticipation is those guys start. Um, we did see Kalen Thomas out there more, but he, I was surprised to see him listed with the ones also as a middle linebacker when we've observed Darian Butler get most of the one reps. Uh, in recent practices. Um, but there again, we're going to see a lot of these guys play quite a bit. I, I, I'm I'm sort of, my guess is that they're going to start Merlin Robertson and Stanley Lambert. I'm not Stanley Lambert, pardon me, and Darian Butler. <laughs> I think they're going you know, right. to, Lambert, the right. third freshman, Lambert will come off the bench and probably be used on, on sub packages initially. Um, but what we saw today is probably what it's going to be. And then Kyle Sowelli listed as the starter ahead of, as you're saying, Merlin Robertson and Tyler Johnson backing him up. Uh, inside linebacker Kalen Curse thomas followed by Butler and Rawson, as we're kind of talking about right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, this this group is kind of like the defensive line as well, where you're going to rotate a lot. Um, they definitely have enough talented players to do so. I mean, when you look at this depth chart, you know, all three of those middle linebackers are guys who could reasonably be first-team players for this team at outside linebacker. Um, you know, Merlin Robertson, as we've said, has really kind of had a strong camp, and then you have Guys like Stanley Lambert and Karan Crump who are pass rush specialists. So, uh, you know, it's so different from last year when Phil Bennett just wouldn't rotate guys at all. Um, the, right. The depth chart positions might not be as important just because it says Merlin Robinson is a, is a second-team player. There's a, there's a chance in this first game he could get the most snaps out of any of the linebackers. It sounds crazy because obviously Karan Crump was the leading returning player in the Pac-12 in sacks last year before he got hurt. He was on a good pace. But just where he's at and from what we've seen, there's no, like you said, no 11 on 11. I could actually see a scenario in which he's battling Stanley Lambert for a pass rush 
role on third downs. The surprise is Kyle Soeli being listed with the ones because he really has taken almost no first-team reps. Uh, and then also Nick Ralston being listed with the third team. when He's taking a lot of first-team. Right, he's taking a lot of first-team reps. So uh, this, it seems like that's going to take some weeks to really get resolved and, and them to dial in on what their rotation is going to be. And the secondary, the tilling position wasn't really revealed much in the depth chart. Evan Fields or Tautalatasi or Jalen Harvey in that regard. The Rangers, Demonte King, Langston Frederick as the starters with Joey Bryant and Ashari Crosswell, the main backups. So so visiting the, the tilling position, Rob, that has to be the most wide open position on the entire defense. We've seen Evan, Evan Fields not participate fully in practice, uh, you know, in recent days. Of course, you know, Daz Tautalatasi has sort of an uneven performance last season, and Jalen Harvey has been kind of... Uh, you know, put in different different positions all over the defenses and is, of course, making the transition uh, to the other side of the ball. And so I think that for those three guys, it's it really is going to be a matter of how they perform in-game. I think it's really tough to say who's actually going to uh, who's going to start the most reps. It's possible that they all three might even split it 30% uh, come week one. It's my feeling that they want Evan Fields to kind of become the guy there. Like, in the spring, he was the first-team Tillman the entire time. Um, I think his skill set matches what they're looking for most out of that spot. Um, but, again, he, he was supposed to be back in practice today. Well, he was supposed to be back last Tuesday. Didn't right. happen. He was supposed to be back this Tuesday. He was still working with uh, with Joe Connolly and mm-hmm. doing some conditioning stuff. So, it's just – As was Cron Crom. Yeah, so he's just – his status right now is just so unclear – and then you go in with guys who, you know, in Tautalatasi and Harvey, who have just been inconsistent in the past. And then, of course, Harvey, who, who hasn't played defense before. So it's a big question mark. Fields really only practiced the first few days. And then he right. had the hamstring. He's been out ever since. If you're not practicing in full on a Tuesday after that being your, your reality, there's a good chance that you're not going to even play against UTSA. So I, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. At cornerback, Chase Lucas and Kobe Williams, the starters. No surprise there with Taron Adams and Dominique Harrison, the primary backups. Moving on to the captains, though. The captains were announced yesterday by Herm Edwards, Manny Wilkins, Cole Cabral, Ronell Wren, and DeMonte King. Oh, no, it wasn't yesterday. It was last week. Correct? Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, the captains were announced. What is it? No, maybe it was Friday. Last... Friday, maybe. I think it was Thursday. <laughs> it was last <laughs> it week was sometime. Like... It was last week sometime. It was day, probably Thursday. Day. I think it was Thursday. But the days. Uh, this is this is this is just sort of the reality <laughs> of August <laughs> for us. Guys, what leadership have you seen from them going into the season? Well, I, I think when you look at this group, like Manny Wilkins is an obvious leader, but I don't know if you would have really pegged any of the other three even a year ago as being, you know, very clearly leadership guys. Um, you know, Cole Cabral on the offensive line, I think it's good that your center kind of commands that kind of respect from his teammates because these were captain captainships, captain ships, yeah. captain, yeah, that, that were voted on by the rest of the players. Um, on the defensive side, you know, Demonte King, uh, since he's gotten here, it seems to demand a lot of respect from players. Like when you listen to some of the younger guys like Kobe Williams and Chase Lucas, they really look up to him. And then Rennell Wren up front, um, another guy who's like searching for consistency. So again, a good sign that he's a player who you know his peers kind of look up to him. Importantly, this, these are player selected captains, and Herm Edwards did say that it was very close in a couple spots. Understandably, it would be. Um, this is also illustrative of the fact that ASU just doesn't have a lot of senior leadership, guys who have been around for a long time. Uh, Rennell Wren 
is like a rare senior who's been around ASU since the freshman his freshman year. Demonte King is an older player who's had a lot of experience, probably just in, in life. You know, playing D1 football previously, then a bounce back to a JUCO. Now up, people said he was a leader in their off-season workouts. And Cole Cabral, uh, I think he's more of a vocal guy. Now that you move him to center, he's taking on a little bit more of that role. Quinn Bailey is a very quiet type of a guy as a senior who's been around the whole time not really that type of a personality um but but you know you you it's important that you have really strong good veteran leadership and the fact that these are their captains is sort of a reflect reflection of that still being somewhat of a question mark and quick note on uh, on the UTSA, we're going to break that down with more analysis on UTSA uh, in the Thursday edition of the Premium Podcast, but moving on to the freshmen, I want to ask you guys each, none of the freshmen listed atop their respective spots on the depth chart. We've talked about it a little bit already, but which freshman do you expect to get the most time against UTSA? Merlin Robertson. Merlin Robertson. Yeah. Merlin Robertson. Robertson. <laughs> I think I got it right at <laughs> that time. <laughs> but I think, I mean... And that's just based off of the fact that of, of the true freshman this preseason, he's been the one who's gotten the most first-team snaps. Uh, you know, some of the other guys like Stanley Lambert, uh, Darian Butler, they've, they've split reps or they've been in, in, in specific downs, but Merlin has looked like a guy who they're going to count on on a, on a whole bunch of downs. It has to be Merlin Robertson <laughs> or Darian Butler. There's really only two possibilities. All right, moving on to the predictions, guys. We're going to just get straight to them. Most important players to this team's success, three on offense, three on defense. Jack, we'll start with you. Okay, on offense, the two obvious ones, Manny Wilkins and Keel Harry. Um, the third one, I'll say Casey Tucker. Uh, Cole Cabral was not a great pass-protecting left tackle last season. I think Max had that one, too. Yeah, I have to cross that one out. <laughs> um, and, but, like, this was a bad pass-protection team last year. They gave up the second-most sacks in the Pac-12 um, if you look at you know a more analytical stat like adjusted sack rate, they're like 115th in the country. Casey Tucker comes in at the spot that they were probably weakest in pass protection last year. You would hope that as a you know the team would hope as a as a guy who has a lot of Pac-12 experience, he can shore that up. But he's looked a little bit vulnerable against speed rushes and things like that this camp. Um, so it's going to be important that he he can protect Manny Wilkins' blindside consistently because that was a problem last year. Max. All right, uh, well, since since Jack clearly looked over my sheet and stole that one from me, I'm going to go, obviously, Manny Wilkins. Uh, for wide receiver, I'm going to say Kyle Williams. I think it's going to be really important for him to be able to carve out a role uh, in the offense when te- when defenses are keying on Nikhil Harry. Uh, and, and they know that they're going to put the number one corner on Harry because he's such a great receiver. Now you have Kyle Williams having to pick up the load and being able to create separation in the middle of the field when Harry isn't open. Uh, and then my third player on offense, I think it's going to make the biggest difference, is Alex Osoya having to fill in for Sam Jones at left guard. I think it's going to be really important to see how he can mesh with Cabral moving to center and then obviously working and communicating with Casey Tucker to the left side. As Jack said, that the uh, this team was not good in the pass protection this year, and it's going to be really important – or last year, sorry. And it's going to be really important that that line can give Manny Wilkins time so that uh, ASU can take advantage of their wide receiver core. Mr. Cartman? I think you have to say Manny Wilkins, Nikhil Harry. The third person is debatable. I'm going to go with Cole Cabral. I mean, you have to set the front. You got to be consistent with snaps. You got to have poise. He's a leader in terms of getting that group all on the same page. And I think he also gives you a little more versatility than what you had in AJ McCollum last year. 
I was going to go with Cole Cabral for my third. Obviously, Wilkins and Harry are going to be my first two, but I'm going to go with Eno Benjamin, actually, as the third. I think if he can be a very solid back leading that backfield, the, the offense will be uh, much more fluid and have more continuity than, than just a team that's a very good uh, pass-first team. Uh, guys, defense, though, Jack? Uh, I'll go Rennell Wren, Chase Lucas, and Evan Fields, or whoever's playing Tillman. <laughs> I would just expect, like, I think once he gets healthy, Fields will be the Tillman guy. Um, but I think, like, you know, Rennell, you saw the difference he can make. Like, you look back at the Washington game last year, and, and you know, when he has performances like that, it can it can cause problems for even some of the best and most efficient offenses in the country. Um, you know, Chase Lucas, for as great of a season as he had last year, I mean, you can put as much stock into, like, pro football focus numbers as you want, but he was not a terrific coverage guy. He's very good tackling. He's very good coming out of the boundary. Um, but just in pure coverage, I think he still has room to grow. And then, you know, like we've we've kind of beat the Tillman thing to death here about um, just how important that position is going to be for this team. And like I think Evan Fields is most suited for that. Um, but they need somebody that they can count on there. Otherwise, it's going to be a big hole in the middle of the defense. I, I also have Lucas and Fields or whoever it is that does uh, fill in at Tillman. I could also say if Evan Fields is hurt for an extended period of time, uh, Dad Latassi's performance will become very important. Uh, like I said, especially Fields. Uh, misses extended time and then Merlin Robertson is is my third guy on defense I think that um, he is going to like we like we said get the lion's share of reps uh, at the linebacker position and and that is obviously going to be very important especially when you're rotating a lot of guys in there I think there's enough options along their defensive front and at linebacker that it's hard for me to go with those guys I think their biggest question marks are at Ranger and Tillman and mm-hmm. so as a result of that I think that's kind of where I have to put my three guys and so I, I would say Evan Fields because he definitely has a lot more potential than other options at the position I'm going to say Langston Frederick um, because he's going to be playing in, in in so much space and have to cover and do a lot of different things from a skill set standpoint um, a third guy maybe I'll maybe I will take one linebacker and I'll say Darian Butler because his upside is high and it seems like they're trying to get him in position to be a big playmaker as a freshman. I'm going to go with Darian Butler as the linebacker that I'm interested in seeing how he can how he can fill that role early in the season if if he does in fact get a lot of time there. Kobe Williams uh, in the secondary. I just want to see how he can do in year two in in a different kind of system for for a team just where where he's expected now to be a good starter like he was last year. And I you know he's a smaller corner, he's undersized. I just want to see how he can do in year two for ASU. And then on the defensive line, I'm going to go with Ronell Wren because I think we've talked about it several times on this podcast, but the potential's always been there. I want to see how consistent he can be and how much he can affect that defensive line. Guys, biggest surprises on offense or defense? One surprise. One surprise. I'll say I think uh, it's just it's tough with offense. I'll go with Isaiah Floyd, I guess. I don't know if it's a surprise to us so much, but – you know, like a, a more casual fan who might not have been paying as close attention this preseason might be surprised that a, a guy with, you know, kind of his lack of size could have a big impact on the offense. Um, but I think he can. Uh, we're doing defense right now. Uh, big surprise on defense, I'll say uh, Doug Subtil. I, I think he could be <laughs> – I'll take another one of Max's. Um, <laughs> I think he could be a really sneaky, sneaky good player and a guy who at that defensive end position um, can, can get into the backfield and cause a lot of problems and have a lot of sacks. All right, for for the, for the next question we do, Rob, I think I'm going to go Yeah, I'll give it to you first. <laughs> um, I have – I'm so sorry, Rob. I have Brandon Ayuk as my offensive uh, surprise. I think that he has turned a lot, of, uh, a lot of heads this preseason. I know that 
Uh, Ryan Jenkins has spoken uh, about how great he's been. Coach uh, uh, Fisher and even Herm Edwards has talked about how great Brandon Ayuk has been this this preseason. He was such a prolific producer at the junior college level. He is so natural. Um, he's just a naturally good playmaker on offense. And then also I think he could be really good in the return game. So he would definitely be my offensive player. Uh, Jack, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Evan Fields once he finally gets healthy uh, on defense. I think that he, as we mentioned before, is the most versatile player um, at the Tillman position or the most versatile prospect, um, and with with the highest upside there. So I think he could be he could be pretty good. I'm gonna go Stanley Lambert on defense, like a surprise pick, and then I think on offense it has to be Ayuk or Isaiah Floyd. I'll just go with Ayuk. I'm going to go with Ayuk and Darian Butler just because I didn't really foresee Butler as being somebody that could really contend for time right away the way he has, and I think he might be a very consistent and needed player at the linebacker court. Guys, who do you think are candidates for all league players? Nikhil Harry. (laughs) Nice one. Hot take. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll say Nikhil Harry, Manny Wilkins. I think Casey Tucker could be at left tackle. Um, And then on uh, defense, uh, I will say uh, Chase Lucas go back to offense also. Kyle Williams, and then maybe Brandon Ruiz as well. I'm going to go with a surprise pick on this. I think that Kobe Williams could be an all-league player, maybe second team. Honorable mention if not. I think that it's going to be hard-pressed to get any other anybody else on defense. Uh, offense, I think Nikhil Harry will be first team. Kyle Williams has a good chance to be second team. Manny Wilkins will be in the conversation. I don't think any of the linemen or other skill players will make it. And there's a random shot in the dark hot take, since you guys are <laughs> love that, that stuff. Uh, maybe Brandon Ayuk has a kickoff returner. Yeah, you know, that's... That could be a sneaky exactly good one. I mean, that's, that's pretty much exactly what I have, Chris. Uh, no arguments there. I'm going to go with the same guys. I don't think anybody was me- uh, un- not mentioned that I think will be an all-league player. Key- biggest keys to success for this team this year? I would say improving the, the pass protection. Like we mentioned, a lot of new guys. Did I take yours, Jack? Yeah, but <laughs> oh, I'm just going yes. to agree with you. Because, it, yes, it's, it's huge. Yeah, like we talk, we talk so much about how much Manny Wilkins has improved and how deep the wide receiver core is, but that can you know that doesn't matter a lot if, if there's – uh, as many sacks as there were last year, and if, and if Wilkins doesn't have enough time. So I'm definitely going with uh, improved pass protection. Football is definitely won and lost at the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think it's going to come down to how well they stop the run with this type of a defense, which could be susceptible to giving up big gash plays through the middle, and then um, how well that they create opportunities in the run game to give the balance to the offense that Herm Edwards has talked about wanting to have, which also will open things up quite a bit for Manny Wilkins and, and the play action game, which they really want to get going. I'm, I'm curious to see how well they're going to be able to uh, defend in, in the secondary just because of this new scheme and how reliant it is upon the guys in the secondary and defending their position. So I'm curious on that, but I do think the biggest question on the defense is how well they stop the run. And I think building off that getting takeaways too was such a key part of what uh, Danny Gonzalez's defenses did at San Diego State. Um, it was a problem at times last year for ASU, uh, and it's something that it's it's tough, I think, to see this defense really being a, a big success if they're not one of the better takeaway teams in the in the conference. All right, very quickly, leading receiver. Uh, C.J. French, <laughs> Nikhil Harry. Yeah, Harry for me. Nikhil Harry. <laughs> N- Nikhil Harry. All right, leading rusher. Harder uh, one. Eno Benjamin. 
Jack, you took my guy again. I'm going to go Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin. <laughs> Eno Benjamin. All right. Most touchdowns. Thank you, Jack, for writing, excluding Manny Wilkins. Well, he does not qualify. Like not, not passing touchdowns. Then that is correct. Be, yes. it, it is receiving and, and rushing, or however you want to combine the two. I'll, I'll say Nikhil Harry, but it wouldn't totally surprise me if it's like a Eno Benjamin type. You, you know, outside of those two guys, I think Brandon Ayuk has a chance. I think that if they, if he really emerges as, as the third wide receiver, this passing attack is as good as we think, and he is electric on special teams, there's a chance that Ayuk uh, leads the team in touchdowns. Top four in order, Nikhil Harry, Kyle Williams, Eno Benjamin, and Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to go with Nikhil Harry. I think he does get the most. I think that Eno is close, though, at the second. Most tackles on this team. I'll say Merlin Robertson just because I think he's going to be on the field the most to kind of make those plays. Yep, I agree on that one. I'm going to go with a, another hot take and say <laughs> Darian Butler leads ASU in tackles. I'm going to do that as well. I think Darian Butler leads the team in tackles. Most sacks. Doug Subteel. I, I actually like that one a lot. I think Woo! Doug Subteel could do it. Uh, I also think Jalen Bates has improved a lot this season. Uh, I could be Ren as well. I mean, there's just going to be so much rotation in there. Wait, so who's your pick, though? Uh, okay. So <laughs> you we'll just take, mentioned three. We'll good. take Doug Subtil. Okay. Chris? Merlin Robertson. I'm going to go with Jalen Bates on that one. Uh, most interceptions on this team? I'm going to say Langston Frederick. I think that, that he's a guy in this defense that is, is people, I think, forget about, but is super athletic um, and, and from his spot like is going to be in position to make a lot of those plays. Max? I'm, I'm going to say Chase Lucas, unless... Jalen Harvey sees significant time at Tillman this season. I think he has a chance to do it. Chris? I want to say whoever plays Tillman, but I just don't think that whoever <laughs> it is is going to be ready to do that, and so I'm going to go with Chase Lucas. I'm going to go with Chase Lucas as well. All right, guys, we teased, at, we teased this at the beginning. Season predictions, full season with your, your overall record and then your, your record for the Pac-12 specifically. Chris, let's start with you. What is your season prediction for Arizona State? The most likely outcome for ASU in 2018 is six and six overall and four and five in the Pac-12. Jack, six and six overall and four and five in the Pac-12. <laughs> I have ASU pegged for five and seven and three and six in the Pac-12. I have ASU seven and five, five and four in the Pac-12. So Rob is the. Uh... I'm the, quote, optimist of this room, which I did not think I would be. Uh, But final thoughts, three things, three keys to this season for Arizona State. Jack? Uh, I think turnover margin will be a a really important one. It was last year, and again, you're building a defense that's kind of built around getting takeaways. Uh, Kyle Williams, can he be as good, if not better, than he was last year moving into the slot, which we saw how important that was uh, with with Jalen Harvey last year. And then um, run defense, they weren't a great run defense last year and you're taking a player away from the front, um, they're going to try to do creative things to kind of mitigate that. But uh, if they can't stop the run effectively, it's going to be tough for the defense. I'm going to say pass protection on offense, just how effective Danny Gonzalez's 3-3-5 is in a, in a major Power 5 conference, and then whoever it is that emerges at Tillman and gets the most snaps. I think you have to say turnover margin. That's the most predictive stat in football. Uh, second thing I would say is uh, run defense. Look specifically at average yards allowed per game for that. And then the third thing I would say is the sack differential. How many ASU gets versus how many it, it yields. 
I'm going to go how the Rangers specifically hold up this season along with the Tillman position. That's one of mine. My second is going to be how well ASU can stop the run. And my third is going to be how well that left side of the Arizona State offensive line with with Tucker and LaSoya, how well they can do both in the pass protection game and in the run protection game. But that's all we have time for on this on this episode of the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. We're going to have another edition on Thursday. That will be the premium with more analysis, uh, more scheme focus on UTSA and what they do. Guys, thank you very much. Jack Harris and Max Morton, staff reporters, along with publisher Chris Carbon. I'm your host, Rob Warner, saying so long, and thank you for tuning in. Let's go.